0: Welcome to Aligned and Soulful Leadership. My name is Kavita Milwani, and I empower soulful, multicultural women of color to opulently shine their light without the hustle. I truly believe you can fulfill your soul's desire without losing yourself, your health, or your life in the process. I know that you can ignite your confidence and know your worth all while walking your divine So in this podcast, I will dive deep into topics, challenges, and blocks that women of color experience as they rise up into their aligned life and work. My deep desire is that BIPOC women can lead through their inner wisdom in a way that honors their soul. Are you ready to rise up as the leader you were born to be? Then this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome everyone to Aligned and Soulful Leadership. Today I have with me Vanessa Nixon, a traditional naturopath who has a doctorate in traditional naturopathy. I think I pronounced that correctly (laughs) and she can correct me later. (laughs) Um, She also has a master's in herbal medicine and certificates in aromatherapy, nutrition, Homeopathy There's a word. That word again. Homeopathy, reflexology, iridology, and she has. She's a professional Middle Eastern dance performer and instructor, and the founder and CEO of Natural Look Mineral Makeup. She works with women in midlife to help them to thrive in body, mind, and spirit naturally. Welcome, Vanessa.
1: Thank you, Kavita. I am so honored to be here with you. I'm excited to be speaking with you today.
0: Yes, I'm excited for you to be here and uh, for you to share your wisdom with the listeners um, and so please correct my pronunciation first. I know we went over it before, but you
1: know. <laughs> no, you did an awesome job. It was perfect, and a lot of people get hung up on that. There are a couple of ways to pronounce it naturopathy or naturopathy. And homeopathy, so you you did a perfect job okay no
0: great <laughs> I'm glad okay good so let's let's talk a little bit about your journey and what got you into what you're doing now you have so much training and so much knowledge, so I think a great place to start would be you know what what started you on this path because i'm I'm willing to bet that when you were eight or nine years old this is not what you thought you'd be doing <laughs> No,
1: it is actually not at all. Uh, It was not on my radar at all. Um, I was raised in a very um, traditional, conventional family. My mother was a nurse, and so we were very Mm -hmm. um, deeply steeped in the traditional Western medical model. Um, However, when I was a teenager, I uh, found myself... Um, getting sick with every cold that came around, every flu bug, every cold that came around, I would catch it. And um, looking back, I realize uh, you know, one of the reasons was because I had a really poor diet growing up. I ate a mm-hmm. lot of junk food, a lot of packaged, processed foods. And so um, by the time I was 14, um, those colds started turning into bronchitis. And over the next six years, it developed into chronic illness. And I was sick more often than I was well. I was coming down with bronchitis four to six times a year. And it was taking, you know, um, around two months uh, to recover from each bout. Um, So really, I was sick all the time. And it was just continuing to progressively get worse Um, and, um, at the point where I was going into my twenties, I was on antibiotics consistently every day
0: Mm.
1: and my Mm. health was continuing to decline. And in my early twenties, a friend noticed that I was taking these antibiotics every day. And my friend, you know, asked what, what is that all about? And I explained my story and he said, "Well, is it working?"
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I had never been asked that question before. No doctor, no adult, no, you know, nobody had ever posed that question to me before, and I had never asked myself because I had not known that there were any alternatives.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when I when I thought about that question, it opened me up to the possibility that, okay, if, if this isn't working, and it's obviously not, maybe there is another option. And my friend said, well, you know what, when I get sick, I see an herbalist. And if you're interested, I could introduce you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, within a few weeks, uh, of course, I, the next cold came around and started going into bronchitis. And uh, so I went to the herbalist, And she gave me an herbal formula for respiratory issues. Mm -hmm. And I was completely recovered in two weeks. So my recovery time went from eight weeks to two weeks. And I was amazed. Mm -hmm. And I was hooked from that point on. I was so intrigued with how there could be this, this other alternative solution out there that I had never heard of, that nobody else that I had spoken to, all of those years had ever mentioned. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to know everything there was to know about natural medicine from that point on. And that's really where my my healing journey and my educational journey in natural medicine began.
0: Mm, Okay. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's so interesting how sometimes an angel comes, I call them (laughs) like little angels come and just drop a a hint and, and it starts you to think in a different way. Exactly. Right? You start to consider something and just the question, like, is it working? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. amazing that that, so then that started you on your own education, in your own education and on your journey. And so what did you do next?
1: Well, the first thing that I did is um, I started checking books out of the library on okay. natural yes. health and started to educate myself. And after a year or two of doing a lot of um, self-education, I started looking for a mentor. Mm. And um, I, was, I was starting to change my lifestyle already, uh, especially in terms of nutrition. Um, I, it became very clear that at that point that that, has, that was what led to my health issues and my chronic mm-hmm. illness. Um, yes. So I had started working on on the nutritional aspects myself, but it was the herbal medicine that had really intrigued me, and I knew I needed a mentor in order to really um, get the education and the understanding of how to use herbal medicine, not only for myself, but perhaps um, for my family, friends, and you know, maybe clients if I, you know, decided in the future that that's the career path I I wanted to choose. And so I found uh, a mentor who lived close to me at the time. I was in Vancouver, Washington, and um, I found out about a a very well-respected, world-renowned herbalist living in Portland, Oregon, by the name Mm -hmm. of Cascade Anderson Geller. Okay. And um, I studied with her for two years, and um, it was exactly what I was looking for. And the, uh, the amount of education that I got in those two years was enormous. Um, mm-hmm. And so I really um, attribute a lot of uh, what I do today to her mentoring.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. So, so how did you find her?
1: You know, back in the day, you couldn't just go on the internet. Yes, (laughs) I didn't even have a computer at that time. Um, And so in one of the books that I had um, checked out from the library, in the back of the book, there was a list of resources. Mm. And um, one of the lists was of uh, herbal teachers. And she was on that list. And because she was close to me, um, I just – Literally, I wrote a letter and mailed it to her. I reached out through snail mail. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and she, was, she got back to me first, um, you know, before. And I had I reached out to a number of people. But um, there was just something about uh, her offering, you know, and the way she uh, taught her and structured her, her classes that um, I just knew that that was going to be the right choice for me.
0: Yeah. So following your intuition, maybe you didn't call yes. it that at that time. Yes. But yes. That's what it sounds like. Amazing. It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So you, you got some intensive training.
1: I got some intensive yeah. training. And at that time, you know, I was in my mid-20s and I was still kind of just feeling out who I was and who I wanted mm-hmm. to be. And while I loved... The education that I was getting, I wasn't feeling quite confident to take on the role of dealing with other people's health. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so, but, but I really wanted to use that um, education. And so what I decided to do is to create my own business, um, crafting um, herbal handcrafted soaps, Oh, and sell okay. them at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. And I did that for nine years. And my line expanded. I started with the, the handcrafted herbal soaps. And then I added in herbal body care products and facial care products and bath products. And um, over the years at the farmer's market, I had a very um, loyal clientele. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I kept hearing them say it to me was, you know, you have all of these wonderful personal care products. You've got the soaps, the body care, the facial care, but um, what do we do for really, truly healthy, natural makeup? Mm. And at that time, there really was not, um, there, there wasn't much of that around. You had to look really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, to find a really pure, natural makeup line. And so I took about a year in research and development, and I came up with um, my own handcrafted line of makeup, and it's called Natural Look Mineral Makeup. I I debuted that line at the farmer's market in 2003, and within six months, it became 90% of my sales. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just took that opportunity to streamline my product offerings and I just focused on the mineral makeup from then on. And um, I ended up um, moving around the world a couple of times with my growing family and so um, that was a good opportunity to just focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, for a while, which I did. And I ended up living in Japan for a year and continued being able to offer this, um, you know, really clean, healthy, natural makeup online. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: um, which at the time was like, you know, an amazing thing that you could do this from anywhere in the world. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And when I came back to the States, I really felt like I wanted to get back to my roots and get back to actually working with herbs. And Mm -hmm. so that's when I decided to kind of expand my education in natural healing. And so um, I um, ended up getting my diploma um, through the British Institute of Homeopathy. um, Mm -hmm. And got my diploma in homeopathy. And then I um, decided to just go ahead and round out my education and uh, get my doctorate as a traditional naturopath. And, you know, and as you mentioned before, I got a lot of different certificates along the way. So I have a really wide range of modalities, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, but really um, I love just kind of getting back to the basics, getting back to the core, which for me is um, nutrition and herbal medicine and then, you know, being able to add in these other more energetic modalities. And for me, you know, that might be homeopathy or flower essences or um, movement. You know, movement is a big part of what I do these days. Um, I I actually have kind of developed a three-pronged approach to um, a healthy natural lifestyle. And um, the first one is is natural health, which we've talked a little bit about. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is the natural beauty, which um, we've also talked a little bit about. Um, mm-hmm. But the third one uh, that is just really near and dear to my heart is natural movement. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the reasons that that's so special to me, and I find it so valuable to other women, especially women in midlife is because um, I have always been a dancer throughout my entire life. I started dancing as a a toddler, Mm -hmm. and I studied a variety of dance forms. But when I was uh, 20, I started taking a belly dance class. And it was just kind of for fun. It was to learn a new modality. But what I found was that it was probably the most empowering thing that I had done in my life at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that belly dance, as opposed to many other dance forms, which um, are very highly structured and are not always, um, the movements are not always aligned with uh, the what is the healthiest for your body.
0: Sure, um, yes. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: especially in, in um, you know, like, uh, and I'm not putting them down or anything, but uh, dance forms like ballet are very, diff- very hard on your body. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of dancers that I know have had to stop dancing because of injuries that they, um, that they incurred in their, their dance journey. But belly dance is a traditional cultural dance from the Middle East that was created for a woman's body. And each Mm -hmm. of the moves was designed to help a woman's body to assist her body through the various changes that she goes through from menarche through pregnancy, postpartum and uh, menopause. And it's, it's very body positive and it, it just allows you to accept your body for, for what it is, for the beautiful thing that it is. And through, through um, learning the moves and dancing in community with other women, I find that it's, it helps women to get in touch with their bodies and to love their bodies in a way that they may not have been able to before. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that that's a really um, important part of a woman's journey especially when they're in midlife and their bodies might be changing and doing things that they're they're mm-hmm. not familiar with and they're like what is going on and and having a such an empowering practice like this can really allow you to uh, to tap into that intuition and you know their their own inner healer and allow you to to listen to your body and do what your body is telling you is the is what it needs and what it needs to be healthy in, in that particular moment, in that particular stage of life.
0: Yes. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think there's a lot of, um, mis- there are misconceptions about what belly dancing is, yeah, especially, uh-huh. I mean, in the Western world, our exposure can be limited depending oh, on oh. what culture you grew up in. And so to, to understand it from that way that it is a way to honor a woman's body and the way it's meant to move, and um, to, that's that's actually a very different perspective right, than a lot of people it have heard.
1: It is, yeah. and, and so many people tell me uh, tell me that, and um, and of course I didn't know that either when I first started belly dancing. But uh, not only was it created to um, to honor the woman's mm-hmm. body, but traditionally a belly dance was performed only by women, only mm-hmm. for women. Mm. Women would get together in community, the, the young girls and the mothers and the grandmothers, and they would teach and learn from each other and perform this dance at various celebrations, but it was only performed for women. So it's truly a women's, woman's dance. And the actual dance, the arc of the dance, tells the story of womanhood. The first part of the dance represents childhood. The second represents the coming of age and motherhood. And then the last part of the dance celebrates the mature woman. And so it really is all about uh, a woman's life and Mm -hmm. helping her to, um, to transition through this journey in a healthy, happy way.
0: Yes. So I mean, the body positivity piece is so important mm-hmm. and I've seen more and more of that, um, in the greater media of the body positivity and it is also, um, it can be just defined as weight, right? Of accepting your weight. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hearing your definition of body positivity is expanding on that to accept your body in totality versus just like the size that you're in. Right. And so it's expanding that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's expanding that to include, you know, the age you are Mm
0: -hmm. and,
1: um, you know, wherever you are on your journey as a woman. Yes. Through this, through this form of dance and healing, because I really do consider it to be a form of healing. um, It's, um, it's allowing you just to really tap into your body and to honor it wherever it is, whatever it looks like, whatever it feels like. Um, mm-hmm. And it encourages that deep connection with your body so that you can then embody the rest of your healing journey. You know, whatever else you are doing in your life um, with nutrition, you know, with other modalities, this sort of natural movement. Allows you to really embody that healing,
0: yes yeah and and so then this so you're you're not talking about teaching belly dancing individual just as let's go to a belly dancing class, right, you're talking about using this as a way to open your your body up, open your intuitive guidance, and then also use that in conjunction with what you put in your body, good nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. And and those other things. So tell us more about how you would, if someone came to you and said, Vanessa, help me. I am, I don't know what to do now. Why would they come to you and how do you tell us a little bit of a peek of how they would work with you? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I I work with women in a couple of different ways. Um, Mm -hmm. I, one thing that I love to do is to work with women individually one-on-one Mm -hmm. And that way we can really go deep and get uh, the kind of major transformations that uh, can really be life altering, life changing Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: allow a woman to, you know, step forward and make the impact in the world that she wants to make and pursue her passions and, you know, bring her gifts to the world. So um, if I'm working with a woman one on one, we might work together for let's say six months and we would we would go back to the basics we would start with um, what you're eating what you're consuming mm-hmm. you know that that old cliche you are what you eat sounds very simple and kind of trite but it, it really is true um, mm-hmm. you know if you're putting junk in your body then your your organs, your body's going to become junk because that's mm-hmm. all it has to work with. And I found that out firsthand in my, yes. uh, yeah. in my early years. And um, so we start there. We start with nutrition and we get a really good foundation going. And then um, from there, we move on to different energy practices. Um, we move on to the mm-hmm. movement piece and we almost always bring in um, some form of herbal medicine because um, I believe that um, food is medicine and yes. a lot of herbs mm-hmm. can be used like food. Um, mm-hmm. There are some herbs that, um, you know, need to be used strictly as medicine because of, you know, the, co- the components of each herb is, is different, but um, many herbs can be used as medicine. And so that is something that I um, go back to is, using food and herbs as your medicine. And so um, those are kind of the basic components. There are Mm -hmm. many other areas that we might go into because every woman is individual and unique. Yes. And every woman needs something a little bit different. And that's one of the reasons why I chose to, um, you know, study so many different modalities because I wanted to have a lot of tools that I could offer to Mm -hmm. women that I work with. And um, another really big component um, that I focus on in my work with women is to help them to feel confident in creating their own health, you know, giving them the tools so that they know when they have a symptom, when they get sick, that they know how to use their own wisdom, tap into their own intuition to heal themselves. And they don't feel like they're beholden to always, you know, have to look to somebody else to, uh, to create health.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So you're empowering them.
1: Right, right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a big part of my work is to empower women to be able to take responsibility for their own health and the health of their families. And to really Mm -hmm. have to, to be able to tap into that wisdom that we all have as women, you know, in generations past, we all knew what to do when we weren't feeling well or how to maintain a healthy lifestyle. That information was passed down to us Mm -hmm. um, either orally or, um, you know, sometimes it was through written works, but that was something that was very alive
0: um, Mm -hmm. in the
1: past. And I think that we all do have that ancestral knowledge Mm -hmm. that still is there. We just, in recent generations, have not been encouraged to tap into that. And so that's something that I really... Uh, want women to understand is that they do have that intuition. They do have that inter- inner knowing. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes just having a guide, uh, somebody, you know, a mentor, like I had a mentor when I first started learning herbal medicine. Um, sometimes that's all you need to help you to tap in to that, that inner knowing. And I yeah, think that's really is the key.
0: Mm-hmm. And receiving the help and support from a guide, right. To help to relearn Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
0: think it's about relearning. Yeah. And then, you know, go ahead.
1: And then the other way that I like to work with women is through community offerings. Um, And I am about to launch a a membership program. So this is a, a new way for women to get together and be able to tap into just what we're talking about, and mm-hmm. relearn this kind of ancestral knowledge um, in collaboration and in community with one another. And I think for women, that is another key that is so yeah. important to the health um, of our own bodies as we go through the transitions that we do throughout our lives, and all, but mm-hmm. also for our families, you know, to be able to be confident to say, "Yes, I know how to." help my family be healthy and doing that with other women who are on a similar path or have been where you are, I think is, is a really important part of that.
0: Yeah. Community is so important, especially now Mm
1: -hmm. where a
0: lot of us have been and felt isolated. Um, And I I feel this energy of um, almost rebuilding and re right. Reprioritizing how we want to spend our time. Mm-hmm. right? And so before this whole uh, awakening COVID situation, whatever, whatever words you want to use to describe it, there was a sense that a lot of people were in a busyness phase mm-hmm. and just, you know, going through each day and getting the things done. And, and it, for a lot of people, it was a time, it's a time of awakening and stopping. Mm-hmm. And so what is really important to me how do I really want to live my life? Right. And so making those choices. And so f- the fact that you're creating a community and so if women are feeling drawn to what you're saying and, you know, feeling aligned, even if the little part of their intuitive guidance is like, I want to find out more. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to encourage them to do that. And of course, we'll have information and I'm going to ask you more about how they can get in touch with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. I do have a couple questions though before we get to that. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so, why do you think that it is important for a woman who is in leadership, which you are a definition of a woman in leadership with your businesses and you know just how you made your decisions and even your examples of oh I just started selling soap at a farmers market? right? So for you, it seemed so natural and, and almost matter of fact, it takes a lot of courage to do something like that, Mm. right? Especially in the time that you did it.
1: Right? Right. And so,
0: because at that time that was not a big deal. Farmers markets were not the thing they are now, right? Right. So we can all forget that. And even what you talked about with the natural makeup. Mm -hmm. And so since you are and have been in leadership for years, Right? How do, why do you think it's important for women in leadership to take care of their health and to be in alignment through the dancing and through the nutrition and through all the, the community and the things that you're offering? Mm. That's
1: a really great question. And, um, and I love the fact that you, uh, you know, brought up that I, uh, you know, I have stepped into leadership In various Mm -hmm. ways through my life, and um, and I thank you for framing it that way because for a lot of my life I really didn't see that. Mm. You know, I was pursuing my passions and I wanted to do it in a way that felt good to me, but that's really Mm -hmm. as far as I looked. But as I am now in the phase of my life where I've gone through menopause and mm-hmm. I am finding out that this is such a potent time in a woman's life to really go deep inside mm-hmm. and figure out what it is that um, we want to bring to the world yeah, and how we want to step into our leadership. I have been thinking about th- this question a lot more mm-hmm. deeply and for me, what I have found is that a lot of women feel invisible mm. in our society, you know, because of the way our society is structured is very, you yes. know, patriarchal. And I also have found that a lot of women fear being visible.
0: Oh, Okay.
1: And that's, that's kind of the flip side of it. You know, we, we feel invisible and we don't like it, but we fear being visible. We fear being seen mm-hmm. for who we are authentically. And okay. especially women who um, might resonate with um, the more alternative type of lifestyle, um, healing, or spirituality... Um, I think that in our society, that's not always accepted, especially Mm -hmm. when you're talking about being a leader in your community, you know, it's, oh, that's a little woo. That's a little weird. It's out there. And so (laughs) I think we fear being seen as Mm -hmm. healers, as wise women. And I think we also have that ancestral memory of, of knowing that in the past that has been very dangerous to step out in your leadership and be seen as Mm -hmm. who you authentically are. And uh, so that's been a big thing that I know I have worked on um, very deeply in the last few years. And I see a lot of women in that same space where uh, they know they really need to be seen. They, They need to allow themselves to be seen. And I think that There's this piece about vulnerability. It's really difficult to uh, be vulnerable enough to be seen and heard and to really speak our truth. But that's, to me, what leadership is. It's Mm -hmm. being able to be vulnerable and to bring your gifts forth, those things that make you uniquely you, um, authentically you, to bring those forth with vulnerability and with compassion, Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think that that's something that women in midlife often are struggling with. I think that's the piece that sometimes is holding them back and, and contributing to the health symptoms that they have is because Mm -hmm. there's this block, there's this stuck energy around being seen and being heard. And so I find that, Going deep and just really looking at that, um, and being able to move through that, being able to accept that yes, this is something that is that many many if not most women are mm-hmm. dealing with, and we can process that, and we can we can be afraid of that, we can feel the fear, and we can move through it, and we can let it go, and we can step forward authentically and be leaders in our communities with our unique gifts and using yes. our authentic voice.
0: Yes, and I do and it's so important that women who are in leadership have communities where they can be among other women, mm-hmm. right? And and be vulnerable at a different level than they can when they're stepping into a leadership role. Right. right So as the CEO and CFO and every CMO of your business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's this idea that okay, you have to you have to do the things, right? You have to get the things done, you have to show up a certain way. and then how can you now show up and be supported and be mm. seen in a different way through the community? And so, right. so I love that you're creating that and that that piece of the when you said the fear of being really seen, Even Mm -hmm. though, you know, that part gave me, I could feel the chills in my body Mm -hmm. because I know that that's something that I have, have struggled with. And it's been a challenge on and off in my life Mm -hmm. um, because it's the idea of culturally, it's not okay to be loud. Mm. Well, that was what I was taught. It's like a woman's place in the world is to serve her husband. Mm-hmm. A woman's place in the world is to be the mother woman's place in the world is not to be loud or to question authority or to be a leader.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And so to, so that that even goes against the conditioning. Right. Right. Cultural conditioning. So that, and then the woo piece is really interesting because I am in um, Silicon Valley mm-hmm and i often feel like i have to hide that part of myself
1: right right
0: so yeah. i can see that when you said that i was like oh yeah there's some of that for me too so if you know the, the listeners are feeling that you know they can they can start to get in touch with you but so how i usually want to transition into the resource reveal mm-hmm. which is the segment where i ask you for a resource that has helped you mhm Okay. And then I'm going to ask you more about what you have coming up and how people can find you because I can talk about this for another hour. (laughs) (laughs) So they're going to have to, let's leave, they're going to have to find out more and be in touch with you to, to go deeper into this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what, what is one resource you want to share? Sure. sure.
1: Yes. I would love to answer that question. And first I just want to honor you for your, journey to leadership because you are obviously a wonderful leader, uh, for women and having come from that background that you described, that's, um, that's not easy. So I know that you have put a lot of work and energy into that. And I just want to honor that. And, um, thank
0: you. Yes. You're
1: welcome. And, uh, one resource that really, really helped me, is, especially in the beginning, as I was feeling this call to live my life, um, more in tune with nature was the book series that, um, the herbalist Susan Weed put out. It's mm. called the wise woman series. Okay. And I think there are three or four books in that series. Um, but the, the thing that I really love most about that series in particular, because there's so many herbal books mm-hmm. that have really influenced me and that I love. I have hundreds and hundreds of herbal books in my bookshelf. But um, this was one of the first series that I read uh, when I was in my 20s, and Susan is able to teach herbalism. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is this herb. This is how you use it. This is how you identify it. This is what it's good for you know, all those practical things, but she's able to weave in stories and spirituality and the key piece of connecting to Mm. the plants on a deep personal level and being able to find your particular plant allies. You know, some plants, um, are, uh, where we just have an affinity with more so than other plants, even though two plants might have the same actions. One mm-hmm. plant you just don't resonate with. It just doesn't work very well for you. But another plant you might just automatically know, oh, yes, this plant is going going to help me heal not only on a physical level, but on an emotional, mental, and spiritual level as well. And so Susan really Brings that into her writing and in her into her teaching, in just a really lovely, nurturing way. And so, mm-hmm. for people who are kind of in that place where they are starting their journey with uh, natural healing modalities, I think that's a wonderful mm-hmm. place to start.
0: Okay, great. That sounds amazing. So yeah. I'll put that in the show notes. And so now how can people get in touch with you and tell us about what you have coming up as well? So
1: thank you. Yes, I mm-hmm. do have, um, uh, I, I, generally have some events coming up every month or two, and I do have mm-hmm. an event coming up on Thursday, December 2nd. Okay. It's at 5 PM Pacific time. And it's called uh, tap into your inner healer. Three mm-hmm. steps to creating your natural medicine chest
0: oh nice and
1: so it's very similar to some of the things that we've been talking about already um and it's uh going to be a very experiential event um i'm calling it calling it a virtual retreat because we're really going to be doing a lot of like hands-on uh things together and i think it's going to be a really fun event
0: yeah, that sounds amazing. And so, if people are listening afterwards, they can still get in touch with you. Yes. Right, if they can't make the event. So, mm-hmm. wow. Well, yeah, so yes. So, them how I have a couple.
1: Yeah, I have a couple of uh, websites.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: HerbsOfGrace.com is my website for my natural look mineral makeup.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, HerbsOfGraceHealingArts.com is my website that encompasses all three areas of my business, the natural health, the natural movement, and the natural beauty. And so there's contact information on both of those websites. I also have um, pages on um, Facebook for mm-hmm. both the Herbs of Grace Natural Look Mineral Makeup and the Herbs of Grace Healing Arts, as well as a Facebook group. I have a Facebook group that is very uh, engaged and thriving, and we have a lot of fun there. It's called uh, You Can Feel Marvelous in Midlife Naturally.
0: Okay, nice. Um,
1: And then I do, you can also get a hold of me through Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter. I have accounts with all those social media outlets.
0: Okay. So just, you know, whatever people resonate with, i will have all those links available. And, um, so is there anything else you want to share? Um,
1: well, thank you so much for, you know, providing those links for everybody. I appreciate that. And I'm just really, uh, thankful that you are providing this outlet, um, and this service for women, Uh, And women's leadership, because I think it is something that is really crucial, especially in this time in history for Mm -hmm. women to be able to um, acknowledge their gifts and that acknowledging and bringing forth those gifts is one way that they can really provide leadership and um, and help their communities to grow and evolve.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for coming and sharing your wisdom and your journey. And um, yeah, and your event, if people can make it, that sounds great. Your retreat. And if not, they can stay in touch with you. you. If they're on Facebook, your group. So there's so many ways, right? Just use your intuitive guidance. If You're listening to this and see what is the best way for you. So thanks again. And all of you take good care until next time. Bye. Thank
1: you, Kavita. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining me for Aligned and Soulful Leadership. I was inspired to start this podcast as a way to empower women of color to rise up into their leadership. So remember, I will have all the resources I mentioned during this episode available in the show notes at alignedandsoulfulpodcast.com. I'm your host, Kavita, and if you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to follow or subscribe on the platform of your choice. Until next time, bye.